We are going to start the podcast, so if everyone would kindly take your seats, get comfy, please take your seats. The podcast is going to be starting. Thanks so much. Starting now. Dear God, she should be. And may we also ask for a little bit, a little bit more quiet in the back. The podcast is going to be recorded. So it would help to uh, to capture all the, the the sound. Thanks so much, and please enjoy. Yeah, I don't really care if you're quiet, but other people do. So don't don't blame me. I'm just glad everybody's here because there were a lot of forces conspiring to keep us out of here. And I, I don't know. I think what people haven't realized yet is. If you just leave me alone, I would go away. If you just let me have my little 50 people parties. I just used to want to have 75 people guerrilla mindset seminars, and they would shut those down. And I go, well, okay then. You know, if you, they just could have let me have my little seminars, I would have been happy. So now the only way I think is I want to just want to have the biggest events ever because I'm not going to you know, curse right now, but the biggest F you you can give the world is to just do it and to do it bigger than everybody else. And they have to pay attention, and they can't ignore it. Can you pull the mic in a bit more? Just pull your mic in a bit more. Yeah. Speak right into the microphone. Make your mic have a Me Too moment. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's why I always... um, I was, I was periscoping at the one venue, the guy who set us up. So for those of you who know, I don't want to belabor the whole thing just because it's such a bizarre story that if uh, you told me, I would not believe it. But the first venue goes, oh, yeah, you know, no problem, no drama, everything's cool. Don't worry about it. I go in, tour it. I'm with Shauna. He's like, oh, yeah, everything is great, man. It's cool. Can't wait to have you. And then I go, hey, can I give you a deposit? And he goes, man, your, your word is good here. I don't even need your money right now. And then that was, I was like, whoa, whoa, come on, man. Nobody likes me that much, right? <laughs> it's like that scene in The Sopranos where he's telling jokes and then everybody's laughing and he says, I'm funny, but I'm not that funny. So I laid down the 16 grand anyway. And then Thursday he starts adding all these weird passive aggressive problems. And then I go, fine, you know, we have another venue. And he goes, you don't need another venue. You can rest your head on your pillow and sleep well tonight knowing that this event will happen. And Sucker. I thought that was did, a little... Did you see rest your head on the pillow? Because that's a red flag. It was a little, you know, uh, me too erotic, <laughs> you know? Any pillow yeah. talk. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Horse heads. And then we go in Friday, 2 o'clock, and I'm with, you know, the great floor boss here, Arena. And he's just like, nope, can't do it. And w- whatever. Then we get another venue. And then the other venue cancels on us at 1 in the morning. And then we decide we're just going to do it here. So, you know, again, everybody's happy. So, with, you know, with that said, I just introduced a panel. We got uh, a no platform. He actually got fired from a talent agency. So that's, I don't think anybody's ever had that happen. Yeah. Uh, my name's Owen Benjamin. Thank you. It's good to be here. My name is Gavin McInnes. I'm sort of known as G-Dog in the scene. And according to this event, my name is Anf Sponsor. I think that's correct. I'm Stefan Molyneux, host of Freedom Main Radio. Thank you guys for coming out so much. And, and the way we're going to work this is we want to do as much Q&A as possible. So we're just going to kind of start with um, Stefan. You know, he can talk whatever he wants to talk about, move on down the line. But mainly we want to get your questions in. 
So think of your questions and, and what you want to talk about. And so we'll just start down there. Well, frankly, after 11 years, I think I've talked enough. So um, <laughs> if, if you've come with a question or something that's like a yearning burning that you want to run through the panel's head, I'd say, you know, stick your hand up. Let's, let's have a conversation here, right? I mean, we're all in the same room. So let's anyone have a question. Oh, we got someone over there. You want to stand up and bellow it out? So, the, yeah, the question is, why is trade school considered bad because you become a productive member of society without being chained down by the ball and chain of student debt? And it's tougher to indoctrinate you in Marxism if you're in plumbing school, right? You know, like that's because you've got to do something productive. You've got to actually help people in the market. You've got to clean your clock and clock their toilets. You've got to do all the cool stuff, build houses so that people can clean themselves and stuff. So, you know, there's intersectional gender politics doesn't help you that much when you go into work with a plunger in your hand, right? Yeah. I mean, we certainly need to clean out the colleges, but it's not a plunger. That would be too civilized, too nice. So they want to burden you down with debt. They love to get you to pay for your own indoctrination. I mean, what a beautiful thing that is, you know? I mean, they use the capitalist system to enslave you in debt so that you hate the capitalist system and are fundamentally unemployable by any sane human being. So if you go to trade school, though, you end up paying taxes. And if you pay taxes, this is what the Democrats are so terrified of at the moment. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Millions of people got raises? Oh, man. They're going to pay taxes? More, more taxes? And, and the whole, you know, evil capitalist, the monocle, you know, Mr. Burns crap, you know, like, oh, these guys get their money. They're going to fill up their gold bathtubs with more diamonds. And it's like, no, they're just going to give money to the workers. And now they've got more people. So the whole theory is falling apart. And so they don't want you to go to trade school because they want you to be a debt slave. Nice. Yeah, no, that, he's going to uh, talk better than all of us. <laughs> it's, it's only the accent. You know, put me, put, put, take this accent out, like, pff, you realize there's nothing I feel nothing like there. we should add, though, that the working class are incredibly gauche. And they, they don't, you can't talk to them about Kirk, Kierkegaard. They say, mm. use guys. <laughs> they want to have a Bloody Mary at breakfast. And I think we learned with Tanya Harding, when you associate yourself with the lower classes... People get hurt. Yeah. So but your it's toilets. Nice but your toilets. To pretend we like the lower classes, but no one really wants them, and none of them are here. Thank God. Um, I disavow. I'm not going to drink from his drink because I, I, I disavow. Are they smoking still? <laughs> All right, we got another question. Someone back there? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, you. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Do we have a question that's more it's than a bit offensive? offensive. More than a bit offensive. Racist accent. Making yeah, fun stop of Asians. mocking Asians. They don't talk like that. Yeah, and open your damn eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. So, it's about my uncle who is a blatant racist. <laughs> nice. So, he's uh, half Chinese, and he basically has this policy of not hiring blacks or brown people. So when they called out of this racism, he basically responded, racism, like only white people cares about racism. And I don't really know there is, there's nothing about that story that's not racist. I just wanted to point that out. Like, there's no element of that that's not, like, problematic. But, uh, guys, go ahead. Well, he, he is right that, you know, you don't hear a lot of brown people 
uh, talking about racism, it's usually white people. No, they talk about white racism, I think. I'm only racist when I drive. <laughs> Chinese driver, no survivor, I I'm believe just, is the I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding. My question is well, look, freedom of association is freedom of association. You know, I don't agree with his perspectives in some ways, but everybody should be free to discriminate against whoever they want to discriminate and associate with whoever they want to associate. And if he wants to hire only Chinese people or there's some black guy who wants to hire black people, that's freedom of association. That's the price of freedom, which is sometimes people are going to make damn decisions that you don't agree with. That's the element of freedom that we're kind of losing because now everyone's being jammed together and forced together. People have to be able to decide who to associate with. You can make your case, but the nice thing is you're not running to the government to force him to do what you think is right, and that is what we're here to defend. Yeah, I don't like people with pleated pants. So if someone has pleated pants, I'm like, I'm not gonna hire that guy. Yeah. It's not they about race. priorities than race when it comes yeah. to prejudice. No, race is too much of a broad sword. I like really specific things. Like, it's not about being black, it's about having a lot of pit bulls. <laughs> I don't like the word like. You can be black as the ace of spades, but if you say the word like a lot, we're not friends. Well, I, I've always liked Gavin's answer to the, like, the racism question, which is that if you are you know, pro-free market, pro-free speech, and you're minority, you got to deal with like, so much crap otherwise. Like, hey, why should we add to that to them? Right? Why should we make it even, even sort of like more difficult? And, and people, people have enough going on in their lives and enough drama going on in their lives that usually when they, they are feeling racism towards other people, the, the issue usually is that something in their own life isn't going the way it should have been. And then they're looking, in, rather than look internally and try to figure that out, they look externally and try to blame other groups of people. So generally what you want to do is rather than argue with people like that because you're just going to get kind of sucked into their bad world, try to show compassion and understanding and find out what that person has going on in his or her life and has led them to, to look out in the world and try to blame other people for their own shortcomings and failures. I, I think the, sh the short answer is that your uncle's right, is that racism, when you were a freedom rider in the 50s and 60s, it was a noble cause, there was a huge problem you were fighting. In 2017, it's just Dungeons and Dragons. It's a silly game that white people play because they're nerds. And here in the real world, no one else gives a shit about that anymore. But there's so much currency on it, there's so many billions of dollars spent on pretending it's 1955 that they just can't let it go. And I think one of the reasons Trump was elected is America was saying, yeah, we're done with, with Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we need to get on with our day. We played your stupid game for eight years. Now we're serious about jobs. And we're getting tons of jobs. Nice. I just realized you guys are giving actual answers. Like, I well, was I like, a oh. funny one and a real one. No, but the whole time I was doing it, I made fun of the guy's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are like, because I'm, I'm a comedian. I'm so used to comedy panels. And you guys are giving, like, authentic answers. So I apologize. I'll, I'll be fine. It's retard. Oh boy, I'm triggered. All, all I'm hearing from Owen is that we're not funny. That's all I'm hearing. We're not funny. <laughs> not funny enough. <laughs> not funny enough. That's right. But I'm an excellent driver. Good times. Right. Uh, yes. I support a northern wall with Me too. Trudeau and yeah. Yeah. Trudeau and. Well, you we'd know. see a lot of less people wearing fur hats if yeah. we had a northern wall. 
Canada, you know, Canadians can go back to Canada. I like the Game of Thrones reference. That's yeah, right there, subtle. straight ahead in front of me. With the Federal Reserve's interest rate policy over the last eight years, what would you guys recommend as the best course of action to survive the coming economic turmoil? Well, I mean, you should have bought Bitcoin when Stefan told you to, and then you should have bought it when I said to, and I should have bought it when Stefan said to. And now, yeah, I mean, we, that was going to be one of the themes of the talk which I was working on before I got distracted doing venue um, drama, is that we live now in like a decentralized society and the gatekeepers or people who perceive themselves as gatekeepers are losing all their power. And there's no bigger gatekeeper right now than the Federal Reserve. If you can control the free flow of money, that's a bigger power than the free flow of capital. And cryptocurrency is completely disrupting the power of the Fed over the money supply, the power of Wall Street over the money supply. And that's the real reason that they all hate it, people like Krugman and others. They, they don't actually understand the technology. They were telling you not to buy it years ago. They still don't understand it. But they do know that if people can freely exchange currency across the world, that's why I would say it's ironic that you know, I'm a globalist when, you know, when it comes to the free movement of currency. And, and that's what Bitcoin ultimately is, is it is freedom. And they want to stop it. Wall Street wants to stop it. It, it cuts out their, their fees. And crypto, I don't, I don't know what is going to happen with crypto in this year, but crypto and the blockchain isn't going anywhere. It's going to become more relevant to our own lives every day. Nice. And I just, I just want to add one thing, too, which is we often think of like gold and, and your basket of commodities, your lottery in the basement that your wife doesn't understand. But um, have a community. Have, have friendships. Keep yes. your relationships going. Uh, know people. Uh, develop your skill sets. You know, I mean, uh, we, we, we all look for isolated solutions, like, you know, like how can I accumulate enough stuff that I'm going to be immune from social troubles? But social troubles are eased by having a community. That's why it's so great that people are here. You can meet each other, like, exchange phone numbers, exchange cards, stay in touch, have a community. Even if it's a decentralized community, have people you know who, in times of trouble, you can rely on. Develop your relationships. Yeah, have the other stuff. That's important. But have your friendships. Have your community. However you can get it. That's really important, I think. Yeah, and that's what drew me to Steph, actually, is, is uh, him talking about just being a better dad. Right? Where it's like, we can just think all we want about all the, you know. Yeah, give it up for Malanu, man. That's, you. that's Thank so you. important. Because... Um, it's, it's easy to kind of hide behind lofty ideals, I think, and not face, you know, building your own culture, building your own community, not beating the shit out of your own children. Like, these are important issues, because that's what makes the world better. And we can think all day long about cryptocurrency. I, I, I love it, because you guys love it, but it's almost like gold for people with autism. <laughs> I don't get the math, but I'm in. I'm on board. But, uh, yeah, you know, we lived in L.A., and when we first had our first kid... Uh, I just felt the, the fear of how it could all fall apart. There's no fresh water. So now we live in Saranac Lake near Lake Placid up in the Adirondacks. And, you know, I sold a 1,200-square-foot uh, condo and then proceeded to buy a mountain. So that was fun because uh, land is so overpriced in L.A., you can literally buy a lake in the Adirondacks. And then if everything goes to hell, my brother's a lumberjack. I have 10 chickens. We're getting a goat. And, uh, That's the opposite of what Stefan was saying. No, it's about building relationships, except for he assumes humans. I'm saying goats and chickens. Because they'll give you an egg every day, and the chicken will give, or the goat will give you milk, and it's pretty funny, too. And the goat will get you laid if you're Muslim. 
Or from Wales. Me too. <laughs> I, I disavow. One thing I wanted to add, I love uh, Stefan's point about don't have an app for that, have a guy for that. And I think as a man, great. you want, you want great. to accrue a bunch of guys. Like you got your real estate lawyer and your mechanic. But anyway. Bro, I got a killer. Straight up killer. <laughs> if anyone needs him. I'm just joking, by the way. Well, and, and that's me. what happened. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened with, uh, you know, one venue flakes, and we have people running things here. We have, you know, connections everywhere. So, yeah, there is a, because I was working on multiple speeches, and that was going to be one of the different ones, too, was, like, culture and community. And that, the media has run a psyop on people to make people think, oh, yeah, there's, like, not that many of us. You know, there aren't that many of you. You should probably hide out a little bit, right. lay low. And then we have this, like, major collective action problem. But because I become this, like, network node from whatever, internet fame, I actually meet with all the people that nobody would ever believe has anything, any idea what, right, what these people are thinking, what they're talking about. But I do that because I've been really working hard to build these communities. So you realize, like, we're, we're, the, we're the majority, right? People, like, they try to say, like, we you're won. far right. Like, what are you talking about, like, far right? Yeah. What, what is that? What is far right? I'm definitely that not far right. That means not left. Yeah, exactly. It means, <laughs> it means you're not an outright socialist. It means you don't believe that pedophilia should become legal and that, that people bro. should be able to eliminate the age of consent so they can molest children, which is a major agenda for the, the media. And that makes you far right now is if you oppose pedophilia, then suddenly you find yourself called far right. But one thing, you're talking about this imminent economic collapse, and Breitbart said that uh, you know, politics is downstream from the culture. I think that the economy is downstream from the culture, and I saw this in Quebec where we had this threat of separatism, and it made everyone uncomfortable, and everyone with money just left Quebec, and Quebec became a, a dead zone. It became an economic shithole. And uh, now that we have Trump just saying, let's not be ashamed anymore, you're seeing this rejuvenation in the economy with confidence and in retail and in real estate. I talked to real estate agents. They say they're, they're finally having meetings again. Like, there is this overall cultural economic boom where people want to get back to work. And I don't see an imminent tsunami of economic destruction. I see an imminent tsunami of fucking dough. Yeah, yeah and, and one reason I think it's tough to indoctrinate a stand-up comedian the tours is I'm actually in these cities with these people. Right. You know, there's a class of comedian, and I did a tweet that went pretty big that uh, it was all the late-night comics, and I was like, they all support the same candidate, they have the same opinion on everything, ladies and gentlemen, comedy. And because they're not touring, they're all this like Netflix elite class. But when you go to Detroit, Chicago, Atlanta, Miami, all these places, you go to these places and you see that what they're saying isn't true. And you have to see it in a human's face. It's so easy to manipulate culture with these algorithms. And in real life, you can't fake laughter. The way you can tell an authoritarian comedian is if people clap versus laugh. <laughs> you clap when someone's pitching narrative. Hey, don't clap, don't clap. Yeah, clap for me! Don't clap. Clap for me! And, and it's like, and, and so when you get a laugh, when I'll go to El Paso and it's all Mexican and get laughs, or I go to Detroit, it's all black and get laughs, doing the same stuff that would be considered right wing, it, it ruins their whole story. So that's why they, they, they hate me. <laughs> I, you know, I remember talking to comedians before the election and they go, I don't think Hillary's winning. Because they talk about the bumper stickers yeah. they see and the, and, and the, the signs on lawns they see because they're traveling across the country every day. Yeah, and the Trump ones would be really, or the Trump ones would be really nice and the Hillary one would be like a crayon. <laughs> me like Hillary. Yeah, me like Hillary. She uh, like a bull Do our next question? We got another question? <laughs> yes, sir. When are we going to start making Trump 
Well, this I mean, may be beyond the scope of no, this we, panel directly. Yeah, we do. Well, I mean, we do need. We Bitcoin do need, is Star Wars, okay? I don't well, want to we talk need. About we it. actually need Kim Kardashian to. I've actually said if, if Kim Kardashian would do a launch and only accept Bitcoin, that would do something to Bitcoin nobody's ever seen. So I'm more interested in Kim Kardashian or Kanye tweeting about Bitcoin, but not only tweeting about it, but like doing a launch and just saying, if you want to buy my latest whatever collection, you have to buy Bitcoin. And if crypto people were more you know, socially savvy, Coinbase, if somebody would try to form that partnership and say, look, you know, how much you usually make on a launch? Well, X dollars, but we'll cover that, but you need to get all your people on Coinbase buying Bitcoin. That, that would have a major network effect because the, the only failure, well, Bitcoin now, the fees and the block, you know, there's a lot of technical issues with Bitcoin, but it, it, currency is always a social construct based on collective agreement of what has value and everybody believes the dollar has value. If we find a, a major tipping point with uh, the network effect of crypto, then it's game over for fiat currency. Also, I would say that we don't necessarily want Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies to grow too quickly because it will provoke a backlash. And we can see the governments already have this uneasy relationship with Bitcoin. If it grows too quickly and threatens existing uh, political and economic powers, they will move to crush it. And if it's not big enough, they might be able to do it in a way that's hard to recover from. So don't expect it to go, uh, don't, don't want it to go too quickly. Because, you know, we who are all into it, we're like, yeah, more, more, more. But the powers that be, there's always the blowback, right? And, and slow and steady wins the race. Let's just get lots of people interested, lots of people buying. Don't expect it to go to the moon, but don't expect it and don't drive it and don't expect it to go too big too quickly because, man, that blowback could be pretty rough. crazy month to be asking that question, too. It certainly is. The past two weeks have been amazing. All, have you seen these, uh, these notifications people are getting on Twitter that you were involved in a Russian conspiracy and were cutting down your account because you're a Russian bot? I think social media is coming to terms with the fact that they were built as a meritocracy and they don't like the merit of the right. So they are, uh, they are, they're mortified that these YouTube videos that are pro-capitalism, anti-communism are doing so well. And uh, uh, we've seen, you know, uh, what's his name? Was, was Dave Rubin was putting up a, a thing where he said, communism, uh, socialism sucks, uh, demonetize. Capitalism sucks, monetize. So they definitely have an agenda, and we're learning with this with James O'Keefe. But surely the backbone of your entire business plan is based on the algorithm of meritocracy. So how does your own dogma and your own obsession with censorship coalesce with this this backbone. It's they're in a crazy time, and I'm not talking about like this decade. I'm talking about this week. Yeah, I'm fresh off of suspension. <laughs> I was just suspended from Twitter for a week for making fun of John Oliver. <laughs> I'm, I'm real crazy. There's pedophiles on, on Twitter, but I, uh, I make fun of John Oliver. I'm out for seven days, so you got to. I also made fun of Sean White. Or Sean King, or you know, and uh, and I got kicked off for another week, and so uh, it's real weird. It's and it's almost like they became libertarians overnight. You know, they're like, uh, you know, it's a private company; we can do what we want. I'm like, remember that when a gay guy wants a cake? 
Yeah, well, so <laughs> the interesting thing is, like, if you're physically healthy, you resist disease. But if you are a powerful media empire, you invite disease, which is the social justice warriors. They want to come in through every orifice you contain, and they're going to rot you from the inside out. Like, they, they're going to say, oh, this is being used for things we don't like, so we're going to infest it with ideology. We're going to turn it against this user base, and we're going to destroy it because we can't make it serve our agenda. So it's just got to come down, like termites inside a tree or in your basement or whatever. So it's a natural churn. Then, you know, the, 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 either they're going to reform or new entities are going to come along to replace them that actually respect free speech and the listener base and so on. But this turning on your base is a constant cycle. You see it, oh, a successful organization. Let's get in there and let's turn it to our agenda. And then the users get annoyed. They move on someplace new. So I hope they reform, but, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, I just, I, I just saw on my phone that 75 protesters are on their way to uh, attack the, this venue and this event. I'm consistently surrounded with an army called the Proud Boys, and these, the, the guys we're with tonight, you know, we catch a lot of flack, but when it comes down to something like this, if they're ever to get in, it's going to be my guys that are in there beating the living shit out of these miscreants, and so you're welcome for that. Kind of. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, I'm from Utah, and people in Utah are... Uh, generally non-confrontational, and uh, Mitt Romney is, is going to run for the Senate in Utah, and we hate Mitt Romney, right? right? So, what can I do, you know, if the majority of Utah is so passive about politics in general that they're going to just vote for this guy uh, just because, you know, he helped save the Olympics back in the day? What can I do to effectuate a movement, or at least educate people on a grander scale to help teach that Mitt Romney is not necessarily the best choice for Senate. Well, Mitt Romney and hidden cameras don't seem to go too well, if I remember rightly, so maybe uh, a little bit of that, yeah. Is that his full name, Mitt? Or is that like Mitt Mittanese? No, it's, it's, it's Mittathanyalolo. Mitt Mittanyalolo. <laughs> it's an Indian name. Yeah, Mitt it Mahadna is. Yeah. <laughs> Mitt. He's Sue. Yeah, I think it's a done deal, and you just got to take the L, charge of the game, and yeah. find something else to do with your time. Yeah, if I, look, if you want smaller government, I don't care if you're a Mormon, I don't care if you have 350 kids, I like Mitt. I just, I just don't want anyone on the left doing anything. So nice. I'll take yeah. whatever you got. <laughs> so what if, what if he impedes progress with, with President Trump? What if he becomes you know, a globalist impediment? Because if he, if he gets in, it's basically like electing a Democrat. He's not going to necessarily vote against him, but he won't do anything if he gets there. Well, I mean, those people are fine. I mean, if people, for example, Jeff Flake gives all these speeches, but if you look at his voting record, all he's trying to do is audition for a job as a commentator at CNN when he's done. So let him get his headlines, let him create his drama, cause his little beefs. Who cares? And people like that just, he isn't going to have any impact. He's going to have his little press conferences, be the little dancing puppet, but he won't actually stop anything. I, I, I rarely criticize people on the right, even neocons. I, we have so many enemies on the left with Antifa and this war on the First Amendment and the Second Amendment that if you're even remotely on my team, uh, as long as you haven't raped a kid, come on board. <laughs> Let's work it out. 
We, and, and the left, I've always said this, the left has too much unity. They'll take any murdering pedophile. And the right has too little unity. We're so willing to X someone for being, you know, the wrong, the wrong neocon, the wrong paleocon, the wrong libertarian, the wrong new right. I'm not including alt-right, obviously, in that. We tried being friends with them. It didn't work out. They're insane. But outside of the far-right Nazis, I'm on board with everyone who's right of center, even Mitt. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Owen's gone to his happy Mitt place. Romney's a basketball player <laughs> who won the lottery. No, I'm good at interpersonal cultural stuff, but I don't know what you're talking I thought Mitt Romney was out of Massachusetts. I don't know. I'm kind he, of old. No, he was, and then he changed his. Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hello? Yes. Wow, that's loud. All right. I just wanted to open up the discussion to the elephant in the room, immigration. We have the Democrats shutting down the government in order to force this issue. It is that important to them. They will let the whole country burn before they compromise on stemming immigration. Yeah. This is serious shit. I really think we're in deep shit, and it makes me very worried for the country, but not for the people. I think the people will figure it out. But the, as the organization, it's a mess. It's good seeing the Democrats coming out of the shadows, don't you think? Mm. Yeah. The agenda it, that's coming out I think that's Trump, very clear. Trump people is forcing are saying, oh, you want to enforce the law? Okay, well, you've got to give three million people citizenship who are going to vote for the left. Yeah. They're coming right out. Like, you can't miss it anymore. And especially with alternative media, unpacking all of this stuff that they've been doing since the 60s. They lost the empirical argument for socialism and communism in the 60s when the horrors of communism were revealed. They lost the argument. The data was against them. The theories were against them. So they just stack in the deck with people who are going to vote for the left. And yeah. this agenda is really, really becoming clear. And the fact that they're willing to shut down the government in order to pander to illegal uh, immigrants, which again is one of these oxymorons, it's, just it's very clear. You know, you couldn't ask for a better advertisement advertisement for sanity than seeing crazy people do their thing right there out there in the Naked spotlight. pursuit of power. You know, it's not really. Well, also, it goes nice farther than that. Last week, I forget who it was, but she said, uh, a DNC woman said, uh, to prevent immigration, to build a wall would be electoral suicide, yeah. was her quote. And I think everyone on the right went, what are you doing? You're totally admitting that you have been pushing for these open borders just for votes. It's like a guy trying to get in a woman's pants going, I'm actually not listening to you, and I don't care about photography. I'm just dying <laughs> to get uh, laid. So I've just been hearing, like, meow, 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 and I've been nodding the whole time. Open borders are not an argument. <laughs> <laughs> it's also not a good threat to shut down the government. It's like, ooh, don't shut down the government. I picture Manu like, no, don't stop the federal the government. The IRS is shutting <laughs> down. If, if, if the welfare you, state, please stay. If you don't come for lunch with my mom, I'm not nagging you. The whole weekend, I'm not nagging you. Really? Can, we, can you get that in writing? That it's be? like, I won't punch you in the balls again. We have a question back here. Teacher strike. Ooh. <laughs> no. I guess I'll have a yeah, snore. someone in the back. More someone in the back. Yeah, the I have a question. So, if, if I were to characterize the last, oh, I don't know, several decades um, in terms of the political trends that I see, the word I would use is escalation. And I, I think many people see this. Uh, there's no question that the left is becoming more violent. Uh, yeah, that, they're on their way here right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In really dumb hats. So <laughs> the question really is, how will the right respond, right? We, we've seen a form of escalation that has come from Trump, uh, but that's really a one-man show. 
Uh, there's other, you know, uh, umbrella organizations, or at least an attempt at that with groups like this, but there hasn't been much, despite what the left has claimed, in terms of resistance on the right. So the, the question is twofold. A, where do you see these trends going? And second, if you were to outline a strategy for us to win, this is something Stefan talks about a great deal, because I'm not interested in winning an argument. I'm interested in saving my country. So that's the purpose of this meeting. How do we achieve that? How do we make that reality? No, we, we, we're escalating um, too far in a bad way for, for, for a number of reasons. For example, just booking a venue should be like a very easy thing to do. Hey, everybody's civilized. There's a dress code. You know, everybody knows that I don't like drunk people, no drunk. So, you, you know, everybody here, very civilized. Very, everything is cool, right? And the idea that it should be hard to just get together and have dinner and hang out and goof off, the idea that people would want to disrupt that, and in, in some cases they go out and, and you know, violent, angry, mo angry mobs, what are they going to do when people on the other side say, well, fine, then we'll form our angry mobs, and we'll go after you, and we'll go after your events. And they, that's the trend. So escalation is a great theme for the time, and there's going to be more escalation happening. And fundamentally, that does lead to a, a civil war type of situation. A, a powder keg goes off. And, and I, for one, that's why I've always been very good about just de-escalating things, right? I've always said that political violence is nonsense. We really shouldn't be doing it. Call it out on both sides. If, if people on one side are, are doing it, just let everybody know. Argue all you want, but once you get violent, you have a problem. And the media, on the other hand, is inciting it by constructing a false narrative about the people. Because, I mean, if you tell people that, hey, there are, you know, 10 million Nazis in America, then it's rational for people to take to the streets and, like, beat up Nazis. That, that isn't irrational behavior. Now, their premises might be flawed. But, but I understand, yeah, if they've been brainwashed into believing it, then, of course, they're going to run around and do these things. And, and ultimately, the media's fault, and I think that... Uh, especially networks like CNN, which outright in encourage this kind of domestic terrorism, I think they ought to be more conscientious because uh, let's say you're a right-wing conservative thinker and a family member gets murdered by an Antifa person. Are you going to blame Antifa or are you going to blame CNN for feeding bad information and essentially brainwashing Antifa and killing that family member? These are the types of questions they should be having in newsrooms across the country, but they, they disclaim any kind of responsibility at all for it. But whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah, and I think the, the threat isn't as... The threat is in stuff like immigration and stuff is an absolute threat, but uh, I think there's a real Wizard of Oz effect happening. And as someone who lived in basically the capital of the Hunger Games for 12 years, and now I'm back in District 12 where I'm from, uh, <laughs> you really see how much of a lie it is and how if you go up to a random person and say, can a five-year-old be transgendered, they would just punch you in the throat without hesitation. And it's like this, this there's like four or 500,000 really powerful, really psychotic people in the media that, that are projecting this world that, I remember I was on a sitcom for a few years and we were touring and we we're at a baseball game and one of the cast members goes to just a random guy and goes, can you take a picture of me? And the guy goes, of just you? And at that moment, my whole life changed. I'm like, we're insane. <laughs> like, a normal person would be like, why would you want to be alone in your picture, you narcissist? 
And I'm like, LA is full of crazy people. <laughs> and they're in charge of the projection of the Wizard of Oz. And so I think we start thinking that a random person are, is, is thinking that like a pedophile should have rights when in reality, most people want to you know, put a bullet in their heads. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm I mean, saying. I, no, I'm not, not crossing the non-aggression thing. I, well, I, I am crossing Only if they, if they do something. I think, I think violence is uh, underestimated. I think it's, <laughs> it's underrated. Uh, no, I'm on board. Fighting solves everything, as it says at my boxing gym. And obviously, you don't want to just randomly beat the living shit out of a, some random stranger on the street. That's called a sociopath. But these people, the far left, the alt-left, have been using violence for a long time. And we're now using it back on them. And by the way, I went through this in the 80s. We had real Nazi skinheads who had swastika tattoos. They weren't a mythical skinhead. They were the real guy. And we beat them up, and they went away. So violence is working out. And I would, I would uh, <laughs> add to, to, to this plan of, of justified violence with... Another thing that's very important for the Western world, and that is to breed. Put a ring on it. How, you've been sowing your wild oats for 10 years. How much coke do you have to do? Yeah, stop pulling out like a coward. Yes. Make babies. Not white babies, Western babies. We need more Western families. Who act we white. We need more dads. <laughs> yes, sir. Western, Owen. Yes, sir. <laughs> So you guys, uh, being public figures, have definitely taken a, a stand for, for truth and freedom and have inspired people like myself to, to, to do similar. Um, but how do you, what advice could you give to someone like me who, who worries about the, the, the concerns of being a public figure and, and provoking the sort of violence that the left loves to use? What sort of precautions do you guys take to... Why don't you start with growing a ball... Yeah, and then get some hair on that ball. Go to Zales. They have a year-long <laughs> ring plan. Uh, get a ring on it and start making more use. I, I don't want Breathe. my family to be killed because I speak for the truth. Ah, oh, come ha, ha, what, what, fine. Six hundred fifty thousand men die in the Civil War. We can risk being uncomfortable at times. Yeah, and the left will try and block you on Twitter or get you banned. They don't have guns. They gave them all to the government already. <laughs> no, but honestly, it's not as bad as you think through the looking glass, man. You know, I was scared. For me, it was the trans kids thing that made me plant a flag and say, I can't do this anymore. And I got mobbed, and I was really terrified. And, and I asked my brother if I could do tree work with him. I thought I was done in comedy, and I've been in movies and stuff. I thought I was done. And then I wasn't. I just got through, and like tons and tons and tons and tons of people were like, we support you, Big Bear. And I'm like, all right. And it was fine. So a lot of times, this, this whole monster under your bed isn't as real as you think it is. And if you just say what you, there's a, there, one of the reasons I'm fans of all these guys is, is even when I don't know what they're talking about, there's a vibration of like, that guy is saying what he thinks. And, and you might be wrong, but if you're not lying, people rally behind you because they look at you and they, there's, there's micro expressions you don't even understand, where if you're not lying, people go, that guy's not lying. And they do not hate you for that. Even if they disagree with you, they do not hate you for that. Yeah, that's why Trump won. Yeah, he's not lying. Also, the, the big question when it comes to courage, courage to me is just perspective. That's all it is. If you look enough down the road, then you gain the courage to do what is necessary. There is no safety in silence, you understand. There right. is, like, compared to what? Okay, so you go out, you say some things that are controversial, and people will get mad at you, and you'll get mean stuff written about you, and people will tell, tell you terrible things they want to do to you. 
That's not fun, obviously, but compared to what? Compared to silence and compared to letting enemies who have a historical record of murdering millions of people taking over? Compared to what? And they don't respect you for your silence. Because a lot of the left knows they're full of it and they're just trying for power acquisition. So if you comply, they think you're a coward. And read the Gulag Archipelago, man. There's waves. And they might not come now, but they will. So all you have is your word. And do it now, because now is a time without violence. This is the best time. This is the easiest time you will ever be able to speak your mind. Every second that goes by is closer to violence. And we don't want violence. And capitulation is not safety. When they have these prisoners, these jihadists take prisoners, and they convert to Islam, they're the first to go. The ones who pray to Jesus every day, they actually get reverence from the jihadists because they have conviction. Yeah. And don't think that an apology or an anonymity or something is going to save you. That is just giving blood to a vampire. The only way we can survive this cultural war is to be brave and proud of ourselves. Yeah, you become a political male feminist. (laughs) <laughs> We're like, whatever you want, baby. And the girl's like, I'm, I'm not attracted anymore. Yeah, women don't get <laughs> another question over here. Yes. Yeah, uh, I came here from the uh, poorest northern border from Quebec. So thanks. Ah, ben, salut, là. Qu'est-ce que tu fais de bon, mon tabarnak? Ça fait prêt. Anyway, um, you know, we talk a lot about beating the establishment or taking down the establishment or chipping at it or whatever. And... I mean, we saw Trump win the election, and we saw him assert himself as a valid, you know, figure in society. And they don't let up, you know. And he's the most powerful person in the world, and they do not let up. And it's nonstop. So, what are we really doing, you know? If he he's it, and they're still trying to take him out. We got out of a shitty relationship with a lunatic, and we're now we're dealing with a crazy ex-girlfriend. So we won. We're out of this terrible relationship, but she's still throwing bricks through our front window, showing up to where we work. She's still attacking our new girlfriend. So it's a strange situation we're in now where we won, everything's good, but we have this bunny boiler uh, terrorizing us every day because she's never experienced austerity or loss or suffering, and she wants to eat our face. (laughs) So, yeah, the... (laughs) The issue with the left, and I really understand now in hindsight, like seeing what's been going on over the last year, and even like over the last couple of weeks, yeah. they saw the election of Trump as, now we go insane. <laughs> like, no, seriously, like if somebody was giving you a pill that you knew was going to make you become insane, you'd fight them tooth and nail too. So what's happened is they are facing the undermining of not just their theories or their ideas or socialism or what, but of their entire personality structures, their entire relationships, their entire sense of fabric of reality is being undone. And that's what they saw, I think, even more clearly than a lot of us, certainly than me. It's like, okay, so this is going to make them insane. And we see this now. Get on the scale. You got to weigh yourself. It's like, this is where they are. And that is a very weird place to be. Now, if people see how insane they are, then, or how insane they've been revealed to be, then hopefully they will reject the ideology behind it. Now, if they're like, I'm fine with that, then we're doomed, right? But we have to sort of show that we're sane and let them do their thing, because that's pretty obvious, and let people hopefully weigh and choose which path they want to follow. I think that's the best we can offer. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not going to convert the crazy. 
You just have to act in a way that makes the people on the fence or the young yeah, people yeah. say, I'd rather hang with that guy. Because <laughs> it's literally about who do you want to hang out with. That's how human nature works a lot of ways. And after having a baby, I became much better at dealing with the left because, you know, it, <laughs> like a two-month-old is just, ah, and it's not about me. Like, I don't take it personally. It's a baby. So they can scream, and you still are like, cool. It's all, it's all good, man. It's all good. And, and if you do that, they'll stop screaming eventually. They tire out. They, they crap their pants, and they go to sleep. But it, isn't it, it – it's also true that um, <laughs> these, these screaming crybabies that you're talking about – you, you, you give them the benefit of the doubt, you try, you try going the other way, you say, okay, you can have chocolate for dinner, you can have candy for dinner, and then I they, like candy end up, all the time now. they end up worse off, <laughs> yeah. and you realize, I actually have to protect you from you. Mm. Yeah. Like, you're bad for your future. 100%. This smashing capitalism, smashing the patriarchy, bringing in Islam, saying Linda Sarsour should run the Women's March, they got Donna Hilton, who sodomized a man to death, talking to LGBT about equality, and you realize, you guys are terrible at your own shit so I'm going to have to handle it to protect you and keep you alive you dummies Yeah, socialism is just a race to the bottom it's, just a, it's an envy outrage Ponzi scheme so it just it really is. And it's also interesting that the, the left has said, okay, young people, we need you. Here's what we do. We have all these rules for sex. We have all these rules for comedy. We have all these rules for movie. We just have tons and tons of rules. What side do you want to go on? The Pepe joke side where you go like that and everyone has a heart attack? Or the rules guys? And I think that's why, for the first time since Reagan, we have like 15% conservatives with uh, 18 to 25. Well, that's why they basically bought comedy. They spent, like, billions. Yes, yeah. Because really comedy is what makes people go to you. It's like, if you're funny, people go, oh, it's great. And they just bought it. They're like, here's Samantha B. And everyone's like, there's not a single working man ever in history at work been like, did you hear what B said last night? <laughs> She's awful, and everyone Classic knows it. B. Classic SB. <laughs> you just got stung by the B. Nobody. No one likes Trevor Noah. Give me no the honey. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, unless you just All like right, shame. To... Sorry, it's honey night. I can't come to Knights of Columbus. <laughs> yeah, the B. Uh, just a sec. We'll, we'll come over there. We just, <laughs> just got someone's got a mic back here. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you guys. We're in a culture war. And you guys have seemed to level the playing field when it comes to alternative media. How do we level the f playing field when it comes to alternative, like, cinema with Hollywood? Because, obviously, you see how it is. It's very feminist. It's very um, liberal. Just keep ruining movies, how, don't like, like, Gavin, for instance, one of my favorite movies is Rocky IV. We beat the shit out of Russia. It shows America as this strong country. What, when are we going to get movies like I that I think again? the free market's handling this. We saw with the American Sniper, it grossed more movie than every other movie that year combined. Yeah. And they said, well, we're not going to give it awards. We're not that confident it's going to do well. This 12 Horses movie is going to slay. Eventually, you know, the people in Hollywood, they can't ignore the dollar. And the dollar says maybe 50% of the country isn't a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, did you see what happened to the new Star Wars movie in China? Did you see these numbers? Like 95% drop after the first weekend? They want nothing to do with it. It's because his of... uncle sent out a tweet. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> do not hire the Jedi. All right, did you have a... He's a what people Star Wars. We got, we, got, we got one question down here? That was Japanese. Just give, spell it out. Hello. Use your big voice. Hang on, we're just on the front here.
we would love it. So, yeah, the question is, if, if you homeschool your kids, uh, what is their relationship to uh, government-schooled kids? Well, of course, when they're young, they're not talking about ideas a huge amount, right? They're mostly just, like, you know, playing around in the woods or tag or whatever it is. So, I mean, that, that's fine. When the propaganda does need to seep in, the big question with your kids is, what's their relationship to propaganda? I, I don't think you should not expose them to it because... It's going to happen, and you should be there when you're in a position of relative uh, credibility authority so you can say, okay, well, here's what you're going to hear, or here's what this person said, here's where I think it's wrong, and here's the arguments, tell me what you think, and so on. So I don't think you want to put them in the shrink-rack bubble. They are going to be out there in the world. They're going to need to deal with the normies, so to speak. But, uh, you know, tossing them in unattended, that's just like, here, here's the Lord of the Flies. I'm going to insert you in there, and it's going to be a sociopathic race to the bottom. Uh, I don't think you want that, but, yeah, let them graduate into understanding that there are these ideas that are out there, and here's how to counter them, and that way uh, I think that they're going to be able to keep the bad people at bay, keep the good people close, and it gives them that invisible shield. Thank you so much. We have to wrap up, but there's one last question, and this gentleman has been waiting um, for a while, so I'm going to give him the microphone, and that'll be our last question to wrap up the podcast. Thank you. I've got a uh, story for Stefan. I've paid my dues <laughs> time after time. I've done my sentence and committed no crime. I was hoping you'd join in, Steph. And bad <laughs> mistakes, I've made, made a few. I've had, had my shells and kicks in my face, but I've gotten through. We champions, champions. my friends, friends. Yeah. and we'll keep on fighting till the end. We are the champions, we are the champions, no time for losers, cause we are the champions of the world. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> Question mark.